my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday and today, of course, since it's Friday, I'm also your presenter today. Uh, This week, of course, uh, our good mate, our normal regular presenter on Friday, uh, Nick can't make it. He's travelling away at the uh, present time. So he contacted me and said, hey, Pastor Gary, would you mind uh, filling in for me? So uh, I'm not just presenter this week on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'm also presenter on Friday and it is fantastic. I really love uh, being able to come and share on Drive Time big Q&A. Now folks, look, if you would like to have uh, input into our program, all you've got to do is text us. Uh, We'd love to hear where you're listening uh, to us from. Uh, now, we're uh, we're here in Adelaide, of course, but if you want to text us, our studio text number is 04888 You can contact us. Uh, you, can may, you can have input into our program. Uh, if you'd just like to say hi, we'd love to receive, uh, receive your input. Your text will come directly to our desk uh, and we will be able to respond to you. Uh, now, of course, uh, today, in fact, this week, uh, we've been following the theme, the church and money in a very human world. And today, we're chatting on the question, what does the Bible say about giving and generosity? Uh, now, I I believe this, uh, this week's discussion has really been appreciated by so many uh, people. We've certainly had a number of the giveaway books uh, requested. Quite a number actually have been requested. And uh, we're looking forward to giving away um, more today. Now, to help us with our discussion today, we're uh, joined with uh, by Tracy Papandreou. Now, uh, Tracy is one of my church members over at Brighton here in South Australia. Welcome to you, Tracy. Hi, Gary, and hi to all the listeners. It is wonderful to have you uh, on board. How are you enjoying our changeable Adelaide weather? This is almost like Melbourne. Oh, look, I won't complain. I love Adelaide. I'm still in the honeymoon phase. I've been here three years, uh, but I'm still, you know, I haven't fallen out of the honeymoon phase. So maybe because, you know, people told me, oh, it's very cold over there. Oh, it's very hot over there. I kind of had these ideas that it was going to be, you know, a lot worse than it is. So, you know, I You must tell me a little bit about this, you know, because you've you've actually moved to Adelaide from what was also my old hometown. Of course, I'm a Sydney sider and uh, you came here... uh, to Adelaide from Sydney and you feel the move's been a, been a good move? I love it. You know, I felt that God called me here 
and the way I am so comfortable, I say to people, it sounds really corny, but I feel like I've come home rather than come to, you know, a strange city that I have to uh, find my way around. I came with no family, no anything, but yet it feels so much like home. So yeah, just yeah, one of those yeah, things to say, yeah. you know, when God wants to lead you somewhere and you feel that it's yeah. from him, it will work its it will work its way oh, out. I love it, it here. It certainly does. I, I can well remember learning to drive over there on Paramount. Road, uh, <laughs> yes, and, and I can imagine. In those days, we didn't have the freeways that everyone. But to come back to to come to Adelaide, where there are no paid freeways, lots of freeways, but no paid freeways, uh, to be able to live in a place with a real Mediterranean climate, uh, without humid, sticky days, uh, yeah. that is able to provide everything that you'd want in a big city without a lot of the chaos. Uh, the, the chaos. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I just sort of look at. Uh, hey, look, I should I, I should stop promoting Adelaide, shouldn't I? Yeah, but, no, we don't. Want too many people here. No, but but you know, there's. I think you know the seasons were given by God, and you know one of the things I love about Adelaide, where it can be, we can have some quite cool days. Is you know you get to enjoy, go and visit somewhere where there's a nice fire, and you know you get to uh, wear all the nice um, big fluffy jumpers and things as well. So you know there's something good to every season if you look for it yeah 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 and look look if you're listening to us from a country town somewhere uh and and you just like to say hey i i am so so pleased to be living in wherever you are and you want to text us in please feel free to do that that number is 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven uh and uh we'd love to just do a big shout out to you because uh, australia is so abundantly blessed uh with uh with these uh with these places now of Mm. course um well, let's come. I'm conscious that we're starting to use our time already. Let's use our. Let's come to our World Watch uh, segment. And of course, uh, today I've got a, a little bit of a, a confession to uh, uh, to make because uh, I I. I, I told Nick about a week ago. I said, "Look, Nick, I would, I would love to be able to come in and share on a Friday with uh, with your people, uh, with our people." Uh, and uh, around about uh, quarter past four today, Tracy, you sent me a text to say, "Look, I'm going to be a bit late in the studio," <laughs> and uh, I was sitting quietly at home with my feet up, actually, uh, because uh, for us. This is the, uh, this is uh, very close to the beginning of the, the Sabbath. Mm. Uh, now I, I know not a lot of our uh, listeners, uh, you know, keep, keep a Sabbath, but you know, for me, uh, I really appreciate, I love, uh, the Sabbath. I love the slowdown time mm. and I mm. was slowing down. And then you sent me a text to say, Gary, I'm going to be, a bit, I'm going to be a bit late <laughs> into, into the studio. And I thought, why is she, why is Tracy telling me that she should be telling Nick? And then, all of a sudden, it dawned on me that oh, I'd promised Nick, and uh, I actually had to, uh, uh, to to jump up very quickly and come in here to the studio. Your poor body, because your body had already started. You know that kind of preparation for the slowdown. The mind is coming into a different place, you know, and then suddenly it's like, whoa, we've got to get everything firing yeah, on all yeah, cylinders yeah. quickly. So, you know, yeah. Tracy, I, I I really love this uh, this concept of a Sabbath day. Look, mm. have you always been? a person that has uh, has observed a Sabbath? No, no. I always believed in God, but um, it wasn't until about 20 years ago that I um, became aware of what the Bible has to say about the observance of, of Sabbath. And um, I really appreciate it now because it's an opportunity. You know, I, I'm, I must 
I must be honest and say that I struggled with it when I first came to it. I can remember saying to one of the pastors, I said, well, I only kept the Sabbath you know, from this time to this time, because otherwise I was sitting watching my watch going, when will the Sabbath be over? And I read a book while I was living in Italy um, about the Sabbath, yeah. and yeah. it was called Refinding the Blessing of the Sabbath. Yeah. And it talked, it really turned my head around because it made me, it was like a paradigm shift because it made me realise that I had been focusing on all, all the things mm. I'm not supposed to do on the Sabbath and instead this turned it around, look at what you have all this time to do. You yeah. have time yeah. to be intimate in a way with God that you don't have time for yeah. in the rest of the week. All of those wonderful religious books that you might not find time to to delve into. Hey, you've got permission to, you know. You've got time and permission to actually stop. You know, exactly. You know, I, I well remember actually when I was uh, I was a pastor at one point in uh, in New Zealand. I was pastoring in Christchurch, big uh, uh, big town town there, and I, I love uh, New Zealand and uh, it's a, it's a wonderful place to, to live. But uh, uh, you know, on one particular occasion, I was uh, I came in contact with a group of people uh, who were um, uh, who they weren't Seventh Day Adventists, uh, but what? But they had actually discovered this thing called the Sabbath. Yes. Uh, they'd actually been a very much tr- traditional um, uh, um, uh, believers uh, of a, uh, of another Protestant denomination, uh, but uh, then they discovered the Sabbath. Now, they never became a Seventh-day Adventist, mm. um, but we were sitting down talking. They asked me to come and talk to them, so I came and talked to them, and uh, uh, they actually they actually had... And a, a real, a real go uh, at uh, at me. And uh, what they said, what they said was this: they said, Pastor, we don't understand why you Adventists keep this wonderful blessing hidden so well. I said, they said to me, they said, why is it that you don't shout this to the hilltops? Uh, Because you see, they had just discovered the concept of having a day when they can slow down. Uh, They had just come to understand that the Sabbath was a day of relationship, a a day in which they could uh, relate to their Heavenly Father, but a day when they could actually relate in fellowship uh, to one another. And, And they said to me, they said, this is such a wonderful opportunity. We've actually cut out of our lives mm. all the, I suppose, the treadmill was how, how they put it. Mm. They've slowed it down so that they can just spend a day in fellowship and worship and relationship. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, their, you know, their comment to me actually hit me incredibly powerfully because, because what they, they, what they did say to me was, why uh, do you guys, and they were talking to me as a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, why do you keep this as hidden as as you do? Why are you not shouting this on the hills? And, uh, do, do you know, when I, uh, when I heard that, it actually really deeply challenged um, me. Mm. And, of course, uh, right now for, for us, for, for myself, uh, this is, uh, this is late uh, Friday afternoon. That means for, for us, this is actually the beginning of this thing, you know, that's called the Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath day. And, uh, do you know, 
Uh, Gary, I was away in Phuket recently on a holiday and I had the pleasure of just talking with some people and discovering that they were born-again Christians. Yeah. And I asked them about whether they observed the Sabbath and they and they said, yes, yes, we've discovered that as well, you know. So, and they weren't Adventists either, you know. So, I think there are more and more groups who, you know, you know, with sincere hearts, uh, are delving into the word and and discovering, you yeah. know, that the treasure that that is the Sabbath. As I said, you know, for me, it took a little bit of time to get the right perspective. And sometimes there yeah. are those outside yeah. our church yeah. who perhaps look on us and think that we have a view of, you know, it means you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. But when you flip the paradigm and see, look at all the permission you have for all of this time. I have you know, permission to get yeah. into relationship. Yes, I yes. have time to slow down. Yes. I have the. Uh, I am given by God the the blessing of time to be able to do um, uh, things that build relationship with others, build my fellowship with the Most High God, and uh, leaves my head clear at the end of a 24-hour period. Absolutely, because I think the way that society is, you know, uh, it's so easy to get dragged along in yeah, the direction yeah. that society is going, yeah. you know, you almost have to put the brakes, not just put the brakes on, put it in reverse to not get caught up in it. Yeah. And this yeah. is kind of like the the red stoplight, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, and look, what we've been talking about this week is this whole subject of uh, of money in a very human world. And the reality that we're, what we've been talking about is, hey, look, you know, money is, it is what makes the world go around. But how as Christians are we to relate to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, one of the significant issues that I'm just so conscious of is that we also live in a world that is incredibly consumeristic. And uh, the Sabbath is actually something that fights against consumerism because it says you, it is okay for you to actually take a day uh, when you're not earning. Yes. Uh, it's okay for you to spend a day in quality relationship. It's a, it's okay to be able to spend uh, time uh, talking to the Most High God. Mm. You know? And sometimes it, it challenges us too for those people who perhaps find themselves in um, careers where society kind of expects that in that career you will be working on that day, you know, and sometimes, um, you know, there will be situations of challenges for people where they have to look at how how strong is my faith? Do I trust that God will look after me yeah. if if I yeah. if I step up for for this? Yeah. You know, so so yeah. There's there's interesting aspects that the Sabbath brings to to all of our lives. There is there is Tracy. Really appreciate you know it's a fantastic uh, you know this is uh, certainly for us part of that slow down uh, mm. time uh, and uh, to me uh, I just want to praise God uh, for giving us that time uh, because to me it's all it has become such an amazing blessing mm. in, in in my life but look let's come to some music this is the uh, the Forbes family and uh, they're singing pass me not uh, O gentle Savior.
family and they're uh, singing pass me not oh gentle savior what a beautiful prayer uh, that uh, that real really is and now folks look we do have uh, a giveaway book for you uh, this week uh, now all week we've been giving away this book and it's been very very popular uh, the book's entitled the giving equation uh, and this is by uh, Ken long now Ken is a uh, a business advisor he works in he works as a businessman he's not a pastor and uh, what he is uh, attempting to, to to provide is an understanding of the Word of God under a theme entitled the G economy or the giving or the God economy. How does the G economy, the giving economy, how does it differ uh, from the type of world that we're all living in? You know, is there, you know, can you, can you give and still have more than uh, than what you what you previously had. Is it possible to survive better 
with less. And, of course, Ken Long uh, presents uh, an incredible case. He tells some stories, uh, real-life stories of people who have tried to change the way they're going to function in this world, people who have attempted to challenge the status quo of the consumeristic lifestyle that so many of us are living. Uh, that The book is entitled The Giving Equation. It's by Ken Long. Now, look, if you'd like a copy of The Giving Equation, all you need to do is to text us at our drive time text number, and our drive time text number is 04888. 80811 04888808 and what you need to do in that text is simply put the code SA129 now that's five digits uh, in a row uh, if you if you put a gap there uh, it that comes through to our robot our robot is not one of those expensive robots. He's a cheap robot, uh, and uh, he actually can't pick it up. He doesn't understand it. So five digits in a row, SA129, uh, in your text uh, to uh, to us, and uh, our robot will understand that you're requesting the book, The Giving Equation by Ken Long. He'll come back and ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. I believe you'll greatly love uh, this book. Now, uh, that number again is 04... Triple eight eight zero eight eleven, and the code is SA one two nine. Just five digits uh, in a row. Uh, also, if you would like to, uh, uh, to to send any comments or thoughts uh, through to us, uh, you're most welcome to also use that uh, that particular drive time text number. It does come through to our studio here. Uh, we'd like to actually just acknowledge maybe where you uh, where you come from, and uh, uh, just do a big big shout out to people in uh, in your area. That book again is the Giving Equation by Ken Long, SA129, and the drive time text number is 04888808811, a real ripper uh, of, a, of a book. And now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary, and my co-host today is Tracy Papandreou, who is also one of our church members over at my Brighton Church, and it is wonderful uh, to have uh, Tracy uh, on air with us uh, this afternoon. And of course, I'm replacing uh, Nick this afternoon because uh, he's had to travel travel away. So uh, my name is not actually Gary; it's actually Nick uh, this afternoon. Uh, this week we've been following the theme, the church and money in a very, very human world. Uh, And today uh, we're talking about the question, what does the Bible say about giving and generosity? Now, uh, Tracy, look, I'd love you to actually take us to the Bible on this one. But look, I'm really conscious of the context in which we're actually working. Uh, You know, to me, the uh, the world that I am living in is just so consumeristic. You know, Mm. the the getting of stuff uh, certainly seems to be coming. Well, it certainly is all consuming to so many people. Now, look, I mean, what does the Bible say about giving and generosity? And I mean, how do us? I mean, how does that relate to this consumeristic lifestyle that so many of us have found ourselves trapped into? Mm, I think. Um you know, the, the marketers really do a good job, don't they, in trying to work on us to make us think that if we don't have the latest gadget, 
yeah. our life yeah. won't be complete. But what's the truth? The truth is usually you get that latest gadget, you think yeah. it's great for a short yeah. time, yeah. and then, you know, was all of that extra work and all of that extra difficulty worth it? And I think the Bible gives us wisdom on these things about balance. Because you, you know, Tracy, I think you actually bring up a really important point there because, you know, I, I remember when I, when I grew up in the uh, western suburbs of, uh, just west of Parramatta there in, in, in Sydney. Uh, and of course that was back in the days of the 1970s, somewhere way back there. I hate to think how long ago that actually was, but I, I think of my, my mum and dad's house, you know, it was a three bedroom bungalow, uninsulated, uh, and, uh, uh, it was a, a weatherboard place. The uh, the toilet was an outside style uh, style toilet. Yes. Uh, one bathroom, uh, and basically. Uh, I- most people would uh, say today, certainly if that house was still standing, and it's not, it's long since been um, been knocked down. Uh, my children, my grandchildren would would be saying, "You mean you grew up in that? How how?" And, and yet today, you know, our expectations have actually gone right through the roof, haven't they? You know? They have. They have actually. Australia has a very high standard of living, even compared to some of the other Western countries. You know, and it's not until you travel that you kind of realise that some. Sometimes, and I'm too not 18 years old anymore either. So I also can look back and think about how we used to live. I have commented to people about, you know, look, I I like the next person love to have, you know, sit and have a, uh, well, for me it's a decaf coffee, um, you know, with my friends and that kind of thing. But I've commented about the fact that we have, you know, the cafe culture going out, you know, for lunch all the time, and I. I can remember at my year 10 formal where they had Kentucky fried chicken. I had never actually even tasted it before because, you know, we'd never kind of had takeaway and all of that kind of thing. It was just such a, a foreign concept. That is Not actually so, so very true because I, I know myself, one of the, you know, our Sunday's entertainment was certainly going to the Sydney beaches. And, uh, I used to, to love, you know, particularly the northern beaches my, in my own case and, uh, love, uh, uh, love those, uh, those beaches. But, uh, there were no, uh, fast food joints. What you had was the fish and chip shop, uh, was the closest thing to a, to a takeaway. Yeah. And if you wanted takeaway, you went and got fish and chips. And, uh, uh to me, the highlight when my mum and dad would take me, uh, over to, uh, to Manly because that's, that was the entertainment for, uh, yes. for a Sunday if it yes. wasn't the football field. But, uh, those, uh, those two, two things. But, the the reality is when I was at the beach, the thing that I most appreciated, aside from the water and the waves and the surfing, was actually being able to have fish and chips because that was the takeaway. And so uh, we've come such a long way. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, our lifestyle costs us much more to yeah, live these days. Yeah. Now, not, not everybody lives that way but i would say our acceptance of of those kinds of things you know being able to go and buy a coffee or a hot drink or something being able to have a takeaway now and then that kind of thing is very much an accepted part of of the way we live and we've even gone that next step i say to my mum we're not only too lazy to cook now we're too lazy to actually go and drive and pick up the takeaway now we've got 
Uber yeah. delivering yeah. it to us, which, which is all extra cost. So I just wanted to highlight that we're living in a very, very different an expensive kind of lifestyle, and, 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 and that means we have to work harder to service survive. that kind of lifestyle. Yes, yeah. I, I know that you correctly point out that certainly if you travel to overseas countries, and I've certainly had the privilege, like yourself, uh, to actually travel to a number of overseas countries, and you certainly come to some of the uh, some of the Pacific countries, and uh, uh, you look at uh, some of the uh, some of the Asian Asian countries that I've had the privilege to, to move to, and you compare them to the Western uh, style uh, of uh, uh, style of living and. And uh, in many ways, you can only cry uh, yes. because uh, I, I well remember uh, probably 20, 30 years ago, certainly going into into China and uh, I, I certainly remember going into Mongolia just after communism was uh, uh, was lifted in, in that state and uh, uh, seeing beggars on the on the street. And, uh, you know, this is something that uh, within my country, uh, most of us are t- thankfully totally unfamiliar with. Yes, there are certainly some uh, who who are doing it tough. I certainly accept that. Uh, but you know, when I consider these other countries, uh, I look at my country and I say, "Hey, the majority of people here, certainly in this country, are abundantly blessed." Yes, uh, it's something that we don't have a lot of comprehension uh, mm. of uh, unless you've actually travelled to some of these overseas uh, desta- mm. destinations. Mm. But I really take your point about you know the whole consumeristic lifestyle that has almost been foisted on us and certainly is foisted on our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think what happens is we lose perspective if we're not careful and we lose that balance and what we end up with is a lifestyle which we are enslaved to if we're not careful, and the Bible warns against it. What I wanted to bring up was 1 Timothy 6.10, which talks about, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So, So what's being said there is that when it's out of balance, when you are so enamored with this lifestyle of consumerism, when you allow yourself to be caught up in it, that's when its evils can grab hold of you because you are pulled away from things of God often because there will be that decision. Do I give to this charity or do I buy the latest iPhone or whatever? And, and these are generalizations that I'm, that I'm making. Um, uh, often, uh, you find people working in jobs that they're not necessarily all that happy at and they feel that it's a great burden, yeah. but they're there yeah. because they need X amount of dollars to service this lifestyle that they yeah. have set up. Yeah. And that's what, um, God wants us, you know, to avoid, wants us not to be part of is, uh, you know, there, there isn't a problem with being wealthy. There are lots of wealthy I, I, I people in the Bible. I think what you're talking here about the here, though, is real priorities. In fact, yes. Tracy, uh, let me get myself into a lot of hot water here, and I can see my my text messages are going to come come in loud and clear in when I when I say what I'm about to say. But let me say it anyway because you know uh, that's that's the way way that it is. Uh, but look, uh, Tracy, you know I, I well remember in those days when I was growing up, uh, you know the the family could exist on one income. 
And you know, the uh, since that time, there's been a huge, a huge call for a, uh, for particularly young people. Uh, you you're not valued unless uh, both husband and wife are working and getting a paid income. You know, the thing that I'm, I'm so conscious of is that uh, certainly I can't remember my mother working until I was in the uh, very advanced years of high school. Uh, there was always somebody to come home to. Mm. Uh, there was always someone to welcome you. Mm. Uh, there was always someone who knew what was actually going on. There was always someone to ask you the uh, the tough questions. There was always someone there who was able to say, hey, look, have you done your homework? Mm. Uh, There was all, you know, and I've got to admit that was an incredible benefit to uh, to myself. Now, of course, since then, the societal expectations is that both husband and wife uh, are only going to be valued if, in fact, uh, they are uh, they are working and working uh, full time. And of course, the whole problem is is that how do you get into a house unless you've got two incomes actually coming in to your uh, you know into the family coffers? You know, it, it's because impossible. Why have the price of houses gone through the roof? Well, because it now takes two incomes, not one, uh, to actually pay for that. Now, you know, to me, and I'd be interested in your feedback on this, Tracy, because, uh, you know, I I mean, I've I've certainly encouraged um, a number of people. I've said, look, if it is at all possible, as far as it is possible, you know, the the societal expectations, you know, dealing with some of these issues I believe means we actually have to uh, challenge some societal expectations and say these expectations are nonsense. Mm. I mean, mm. have I got this wrong? I mean, I mean, are we going to get a lot of people like uh, coming in on this? But, yeah, you know. you're a brave man. I think, I think, but but you know, in many ways, I agree. I mean, I also was fortunate enough to grow up with uh, um, a mother who was a full time homekeeper. Um, and so, you know, I, I remember the coming home and, you know, what did you do today at school and that kind of thing. But I also think about in the Bible where it talks about, even it talks about people who've just been married, you know, yeah. the man not, not taking on too many responsibilities at that time. So he can Well, I love in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it's actually prohibited a man who has just been married he's the first 12 months he's not allowed to be conscripted into the army yeah why because he's got to go home and he's got to and just enjoy his time enjoy the first 12 months with his wife yes so so that so that kind of demonstrates to us that there are seasons in life aren't there you know and i personally think like you gary that um it would be a wonderful thing if um, you know, when there is children in the house, that there's more time to be able to for for family to to yeah, be able yeah. to spend together. But yes, we've set we've put ourselves into this situation where we have a very expensive lifestyle. And why is it so expensive to buy a house? Well, that's because people have continued to, you know, uh, put forward these offers. Yeah. 
And so the market and the prices have just grown. You know, at some point in time, people went further beyond what they thought they could afford. And then it's just kind of gone, you know. You know, I just think of, you know, I mean, I mean, well, you know them. I mean, one of our, you know, one of the, a young couple at, uh, at our, at our church. I know they won't mind me, um, uh, mentioning this, but, you know, I mean, they're, they're teachers. One of them works for a couple of days a week. Another one works on a different couple of days a week. Uh, and, uh, um, and, and they're also able to have a, an, an Airbnb on a, a small block that they've, mm. uh, they've got. Mm. And, uh, uh, through having, you know, to me, I take my hat off, uh, to quite a number of our uh, young people now. Who are attempting to challenge the philosophies of our society? Mm. Uh, they're prepared to say, "Hey, look, I don't want to have. I'm happy to cut down in order to maximise relationships." And I, I know this isn't possible for everyone, and I know we're all in different circumstances in life. In life, but as I look at this, I say, "Hey, you know, I think this is where the Word of God is actually coming." from. I, I think the word of God is simply saying, hey, look, you know, a balance in all things, you know. Uh, it means, it, it is, it's necessary that I challenge the, uh, the, the era, the age, uh, the expectations of the society and say, is it necessary for, is it, is it necessary for me to have two uh, absolutely full-time wages coming in in order to live? Yeah, and there's also too, I think, um, there is um, a pro- progressively this kind of attitude, particularly with women, that if you're a homemaker... Um, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you in the workforce? Exactly. And that's, that role is devalued. Um, if you're not trying to break the glass ceiling, uh, then what's wrong with you that you're not motivated that you want to be CEO? You know, and I think, um, you know, there, there isn't kind, of, I think we're very lucky in this world that we, women do have many opportunities. And I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't personally, uh, experienced any kind of situation where, uh, my gender has stopped me from doing something that I have wanted to do. But I don't discount that perhaps uh, there may be some listening who, who have had yeah, that. Yeah. But I just think, um, there is, a, a progressive devaluing of the family and and things related to the family and the nurturing of the family and um you know wanting to take those steps to mm. keep that precious and keep it safe because uh you have to always be thinking what am i sacrificing here yeah 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 you know it's you know someone said to me one time um uh, well, it, it's something that many people are aware of. Uh, when you get to the end of your life, uh, nobody uh, actually lies on their deathbed and says, hey, I wish I had spent more time in the office. You know, there's no. nobody who says that. Yes. Uh, but what do they say? Uh, people uh, certainly say, hey... I wish I had spent more time with my children. I wish I had spent more time in relationship. Mm. I wish I had spent more time smelling the roses. And, you know, to me, 
that's one of the real benefits of this thing called Sabbath. And, mm. and I know to me there's huge crossovers here because Sabbath itself challenges consumerism. This week what we've been talking about is this whole subject of money in a very human world. But of course the issue of consumerism is something that we cannot overlook. And how do you challenge that? You challenge that by building into your life a practices that in enable relationship. Mm. To me, that is just so key. Mm. But look, let's come to some uh, some music because I'm conscious our time is starting to get away uh, from us. Uh, let's come to uh, uh, City of Light and uh, this is the song, uh, Yet Not I, But Christ In Me. Uh, please enjoy this beautiful, this beautiful song. Freedom 
And that is the city of light, uh, not I, but Christ in me. What a what a beautiful song that uh, that really that really is. What wonderful thoughts, uh, folks. Look, uh, we do have this giveaway book uh, for you once again. Uh, look, if you're wanting to challenge uh, the world that we are living in. If you want to challenge the philosophical perspective, if you want to challenge the consumeristic lifestyle that so many are tied up in, then this is the book for you. The book is entitled The Giving Equation. This is by Ken Long. Uh, now, Ken uh, is uh, is an experienced financial advisor, and uh, he digs into giving and generosity. Is it possible uh, to think differently and still come out on top in the world in which we're living today, in the consumeristic air that we breathe? Is it Possible. Well, that's the question that Ken Long uh, addresses in this book, The Giving Equation. Now, look, folks, if you would like your own copy of The Giving Equation, uh, what you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number. And our studio text number again is 04888880811. And just put into that our code, and our code is SA129. SA129, just five digits. Uh, in a, in a row and, um, our robot will contact you, get a little bit of information out of you, uh, so that, uh, we can, um, we can get this book to you in the fastest, uh, fastest way possible. That book again is The Giving Equation by Ken Long, SA129, and, uh, that number again is 04888880811. Now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And my co-host today is Tracy Papandreou, who is one of the members uh, of my church here in Adelaide, Brighton Church. And, folks, listen, if you would like to come and join us uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a, a wonderful uh, day. We've got uh, Pastor Neil Schofield is going to be uh, sharing sharing tomorrow, and uh, he will have a wonderful, uh, wonderful message. If you'd like to come and join us at our church at here, Brighton in Adelaide, then Amelia Street Hove is uh, what you're looking for. That's the address. Just look for Amelia Street Hove, and uh, that's the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we uh, we commence our worship service at 11 o'clock. We would love uh, to have you uh, come and join with us. In fact, why not come and stay for lunch as well? Uh, we'd love to have you uh, join us for uh, for lunch as well. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And my co-host today is Tracy Papandreou, who is one of our members at the Brighton Church. And uh, this week, uh, we're following the theme, the church and money in a very human world. And today, we're chatting on that question what does the Bible say about giving and generosity? Now, uh, Tracy, bring this together for us because we've now got we got about uh, six or seven minutes before we uh, come to the top of the hour and uh, we've got to sign off. But does the scripture give us any idea as to how we can bring all this together? Yeah, you know, scriptures are so important to our life, you know, um, even 
uh, in the Bible we see that uh, their wrong attitude towards money has got in the way of families as well. Uh, in Luke, uh, Jesus was teaching uh, to a group of people and actually uh, there was someone in the crowd and he said to him, Jesus, you know, uh, tell my brother to divide uh, the inheritance with me. So money and, and, and attitude towards money has been a problem for... Indeed. Forever. Um, but what is some of the counsel that Jesus gave? He said to them, so I'm reading from Luke twelve fifteen. He said to them, take heed and beware of covetedness, covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance, abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat drink and be merry but God said to him fool this night your soul will be required of you then whose will those things be which you have provided so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God Mm. so again it's all about the attitude that we have towards uh, the blessings that God allows us to have because we, we think about those jobs and things that we have that we can earn money from well God allows us to have those those jobs but it's all about keeping keeping balance and even further in the scripture it talks about leaning on God uh, trusting in God uh, in in um, verse 22 he said to his disciples therefore I say to you do not worry about your life what you will eat nor about the body what will you put what you will put on life is more than food and the body is more than clothing consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouse nor barn and god feeds them of how much more value are you than the birds so we see it's all about having that right balance and you know I, I think also here tracy even claiming the promises of god mm. uh, do you know the thing that i'm just so conscious of here is that uh, right uh, through my through my life, myself and, and my wife, we've uh, we've certainly practiced uh, tithing. Yes, and you know this this to me, uh, a lot of people sort of look at us and say, "Hey, you know, I mean that's a that's a lot of money." Mm. Uh, and yet, you know, to me, I could tell story after story after story where God's promises have actually been fulfilled. In my life. Yes. And you know, if you want to find someone who can find something cheaper than ever, just stumble across things which are cheaper than what you'd normally pay, then that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have been, uh, short on, you know, on, on an asset, on, on cash for some reason, it just seems that God has responded to me. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how you found it, but you know, to me, I, I love just the number of promises that there are in the Word of God. In other words, when you are generous, when you are responsive to God's expectations, it seems as though God blesses you abundantly. And do you know, in my life, am I a rich man? Well, I mean, I, it's all I relative, I've, isn't it? I've got a house. Mm. I've got a car. Do I have multiple houses? No. Do I have a, you know, do I have boats? No, I don't have that. You know, I mean, I have, 
I have sufficient. You know, sometimes, you know, my uh, I've spoken to my children. I've said, hey, you know, they find me a very hard person to be buy to be able to buy for. Uh, and why is that? Well, because Dad's got everything he wants, yes. uh, and he does. You know, yes. I, I am. You know, I love the scriptures. How the scriptures talk about being content. Mm. And you know, we we live in an age where being content is almost something that is anathema. I always have to be getting the latest iPhone. I'm not actually content. I mean, I've got a, uh, I've got a friend who runs around with one of the old style flip phones. Um, the dumb phones. The dumb phones. Uh, he, he's <laughs> yeah. actually, he's actually found himself content yeah, with, yeah. with that, you know, and I've to, got a friend who's converted to that as well. Well, I, I actually know a very, very rich man who, who, if you looked at him, you'd say he's not very wealthy. Yeah. And yet I know that he is, in, in, he must be incredibly wealthy because I know how generous he actually is yes. to other people. Yes. Uh, do you know, within the Word of God, there are some principles that bring incredible satisfaction into a person's life when you adopt those, uh, adopt those principles. Yes. Uh, they're different to the human, to the everyday economy. I love that parable that you've actually just, uh, just read. Mm. I, I think it's, it's beautiful. How have you found it in your life? Look, you know, to make it, if I had to sum it up in one big thing, uh, you know, um, since I came to an understanding of what the Bible says about tithing and giving and I started following that, I've never had as much money. You know, um, God has, um, you know, exceeded my expectations beyond belief um, and you know, I, I kind of, I kind of work on the basis expecting that God will come through, whether, you know, I'm, um, doesn't always happen, but, you know, there might be something, for example, where God will say, I want you to give to that, Tracy. Yeah. And I might have had, in my mind, my money set aside for this particular yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I might struggle for a little while. Okay. You know, actually, no, if that's what you want, God, that, that's fine. I know that you'll maybe, I'll get it on special or something like that. And those things do happen. You know, there'll be a sale that you didn't know about. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens sufficiently that, you know, I actually, I walk into the grocery store. I say, God, you know what I've got to buy today? Can you please give me specials? (laughs) You know, I mean. And, And look, people actually laugh about this, but the reality is I have seen it happen enough uh, to know that there is something happening there that we cannot explain. You know, to to me there is something that happens. There is a blessing that happens within your life when you start to function in God's economy as opposed to the consumeristic economy that you don't get in any other way, you know that's why I love this uh, this book by uh, by Ken Long, the Giving Economy, uh, because the Giving Equation, because he deals with the giving economy. It's a different way of thinking about how we actually do business in the world in which we're living. Because it's actually not about how many dollars you have, because dollars only represent what you can do with that. Typically, yeah. But if you've got an equation where you can do more with those dollars, then it actually doesn't come down to how many, how much is in your pocket. It's just what God exactly. can help you to do exactly. with it. 
Look, let's just finish with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you now. Lord, I just want to say thank you for being so gracious to us. Lord, if there's anybody who's struggling right now with this issue, I just pray that you'd be with them. Uh, Lord, I pray that they might test you. Uh, Lord, bring them. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might prove yourself to them. Mm. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might respond uh, to their unspoken prayer. Lord, thank you for being a great and generous and all-powerful God. Uh, we worship you at this time, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Tracy Papandreou on Drive Time Big Q&A. I really look forward uh, to uh, being with you next week. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.